Welcome to episode three of the Rockin' Interviews podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Wilk, and I'm a teenage music journalist and concert photographer. Today, I'm joined by PJ Farley of Trickster, Fozzie, Ra, and other projects. Hope you enjoy. For the listeners who don't know you, um, could you introduce yourself? There should not be any listener that doesn't know me. (laughs) (laughs) I'd have a lot more money if that was the case. Uh, I am PJ Farley, uh, most notably from the band Trickster, and a long list of other bands that follow. (laughs) Awesome. You started playing drums when you were only six years old and began playing bass later out of necessity. Uh, So can you talk about how the transition from drums to bass was for you? Yeah, well, I, my first love is drums. Um, I just was drawn to them at an early age. And so I had a drum set. I was playing. You know, I wasn't really taking lessons or like, um, you know, very strict about practicing or anything. I just, you know, instinctively banged away. And, yeah. um, and I went to go start a band with my friends from school. And there was drummers, there was guitar players, there were singers, and, you know, nobody wanted to play bass. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, well, screw it. I'll, I'll play bass. Do we have a band now? Yeah. And I got a paper out and put my first bass on layaway. And finally, after months, got it out of layaway. And I think it was $75. <laughs> it wasn't a big paper out. <laughs> yeah. So what were you doing musically uh, from the time you began playing up until joining Trickster? Um, I was playing in another band that was kind of, I guess technically it was my third band. I joined my first band when I was 12 and then I joined another band a year after that, that I was in for about two years. And then after that, I joined Trickster. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so you were still a teenager when you started playing in bands. So what was it like for you to be so young touring in a band like that? Well, it was tricky trying to get into some of the uh, bars. I used to have to hide in the bathroom until it went on and, you know, <laughs> fake IDs and stuff. And um, yeah. you used to have to, you know, beg my mother to, you know, let me go out and play at a bar in Staten Island on a Thursday going on at 12.15, even though I had a big science test the next day, you know. <laughs> but yeah, um, I was determined. So it was, you know. And that was, you know, when I was a teenager, everybody wanted to be a musician. Everybody wanted to be a rock star. It was rock and roll. It was amazing. I definitely relate to that um, because I do concert photography as well. So Mm. I definitely have um, trouble getting into venues a lot, too. So so being a young fan of uh, rock myself, one of the tours I would have done anything to see back uh, back then would have been the Blood, Sweat, and Beers tour in 91. So tell me yeah. some of your fondest memories from that tour with Born and Firehouse. Uh, I think you're too young to hear those stories. Um, <laughs> um, no, that was, that was, I mean, you asked any of the three bands on the tour, and that was all of our favorite tour. It was just, you know, three bands peaking at the same time and out on a summer tour. It was like, you know, the dream. We all got along yeah. great. I mean, really, the be- the best memory of the tour was the bond that we all had together. You know, um, yeah. when you grow up wanting to be in a rock band and get on a rock and roll tour, that's the tour that you wanted to be on. 
you know, totally. drinking, riding on each other's buses and, you know, making each other throw up and, you know, playing pranks <laughs> and, you know, the, just all that. Yeah. Nanny. <laughs> yeah. Are you still friends with all those guys? Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. You know, we do all, we're all in the same circuit here. So, right. you know, uh, until this year, you know, we're all doing the same kind of shows where we always find ourselves on the same bill a good number of times a year. So we get to reunite yeah. often. Awesome. Uh, so now let's uh, shift and talk a little more about uh, Trickster's music. So I wanted to know, what do you believe is the most underrated Trickster song from each record? Good question. Hmm. Um, let me think about that. I think Heart of Steel is one of my favorite of the first record. Mm -hmm. um, and of our second record, um, probably the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> but if I had to choose, I think um, Nobody's a Hero or Blood Rock. Yeah. An underrated song. Um, I agree. Off of New Audio Machine. Um, hmm. God, I don't even know the track listings in front of me. I, <laughs> it seemed it was only four or five years ago, and we're yeah. drawing a blank. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, the hat tattoos and misery, but that was a single. Um, was Ride on that? I think so. Was that on Human Era? No, I think it was on a. I can check quick if you want. Yeah, check check my facts. <laughs> Um, and I think on Human Era, um, oh man, Crash That Party was great. Yeah. Um, hum human Era. Okay, so Ride is from New Audio Machine. I was right. And <laughs> <laughs> a couple of records since then, so a little fuzzy. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so how long after Trickster disbanded did you start working on solo music and your other projects? Um, well, I mean, Trickster, technically, we kind of put the, put the cover over it, put it back in the garage in like 96, I want to say, okay. something like that. And Steve and I continued to write and record all, you know, seamlessly. We never stopped, you know. Yeah. And in between writing stuff for the bands that we had together, you know, I would you know, say, hey, you know what, I got this song I wrote and it's not right for what we're doing now, but I want to get it down anyway. So I would just record it and play yeah. everything myself just to get it down. And so it really just kind of, I just accumulated songs that way, starting yeah. as far back as, you know, I mean, God, I mean, I think one of the, I think The Fallen, I think I recorded in maybe 94, 95, to be yeah. honest with you. And, um, a majority of the, the rest of the record was done between like 2000, 2001. And, you know, a couple, like, I think I did two songs in 2015. Um, so it was really a span of a long time. Yeah. But again, it was more of a collection of songs as it was a goal oriented. All right, I'm working on a record, put it on the schedule. And, you know, it was more like I just kind of got off my ass and said, all right, I think I should put these songs out now. Yeah. We, had just, we had just finished up the Human Error record, so we were still in studio mode. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to bang out a couple more songs 
and yeah. put it on, put it with the collection of songs I already had, and finally put it out. You know, I could just put it on the cloud, put it up in the cloud, and it's out there. You know, back when I was doing the majority of those songs, you had to have a record deal. You know, and I wanted yeah. no part of that fight. You know, I yeah. done my time trying to, you know, do that, and I just wanted no part of record labels. And uh, so I let them sit. I'm like, I was like, I think they're pretty timeless, so they'll come out whenever, and I think they'll stand the test of time. Sure enough, I put that theory to the test. <laughs> 10 years so later, 20 years later, they came out. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned you and Steve had been writing all this time. Are you guys still writing new material together? Um, occasionally. Yeah, I mean, we were... Uh, last year, we were doing some stuff um, in the hopes of maybe doing a record with Eric Martin. So we me and him got together a couple a couple of ideas and put some stuff down. Um, so we have that lingering. Um, and yeah, we're always working together in some way, shape or form, you know, yeah. and then after, after we were doing those demos, you know, I was kind of focusing on my new record. He was focusing on his Tokyo Motor Fist record. So we kind of broke for a little bit, you know, Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm sure we'll be back at it again in some way, shape or form. Awesome. I'm looking to it. Uh, so to go back to your solo music for a minute, uh, your most recent record has quite a unique sound. So I wanted to know uh, what was your ultimate goal you were trying to achieve musically when writing? Accent to change. Um, you know, I really didn't have a goal at all. I mean, um, I didn't have one on the first record. I didn't have I didn't have to have any, really. You know, as long as yeah. it was honest and um, I could listen to it and go, yeah, that's it. You know, mm -hmm. nothing was, you know, premeditated or contrived or anything because it didn't have to be, you know, it's a solo record, you know, right. You know, I didn't have the world waiting on it or anything like that. So I did it purely for myself. Yeah. So, I, mean, I didn't have to say, Oh, well, it's gotta, it's gotta have that thing or it's gotta sound like this. Gotta, you know, the first record certainly wasn't like that. And um, yeah. this one is, you know, they're very organic and genuine records so um the goal was really to again like i said just to be honest and um you know catchy you know i wanted i wanted yeah. i wanted to write songs that you know stuck in your head for sure but in yeah. not a you know not a forced way yeah i think that's important a lot of bands today i feel like limit themselves into one genre so i think that's important um yeah i mean I think because because it is a solo record, you know, yeah. regardless of the bands that I'm in, it didn't have to sound like any of the bands I'm in. You know, yeah. it's a it's a, uh, a full kind of like I was saying last night. I was doing an interview. And I said I fully digested all the influences from all the bands I'm in and right. all the music I listen to, and it gets filtered through me. And it's kind of a unique perspective as to where I'm coming from musically. You know, yeah. when I write full songs and ideas and stuff, you know, because the bands that I'm in, I'll write, but I'm not like a primary songwriter in either any of the bands that I'm in. I'm more right. of a kind of utility guy, whereas, you know, I'll take uh, the seed of a, of a song and kind of, you know, work on it if need be and yeah. um, arrange or add to it or something. But usually there's a good portion, a good skeleton of a song laid out uh, for the most part. I mean, sometimes I'll come in with a, half a song or something like that, they'll, I'll finish. Yeah. But for the majority, you know, there's already a good amount of ideas there. 
Okay, so I have a little game to play. Um, so I'll give you a scenario, and you tell me which song on Accent the Change uh, best fits that scenario. So are you ready? All right. Okay, so what song would you recommend to someone who has never heard your music before? From Accent the Change? Um, I would say I would say Let It Rain. I mean, that, that's why I led with that track. I made a video for that and released it as a single. I think... Yeah. Uh, I think that song is it's got it it's got a mood to it you know it's got a I was happy with the vocal performance in it um it's and it's got a good feel it's not a very kind of sensitive about sounding contrived and you know and I, yeah. I think that, that one has a very you know easy flow to it I don't, yeah it doesn't sound like I'm selling you anything <laughs> definitely <laughs> could send one song from the album to space for aliens to hear so which song are you choosing uh maybe chokehold awesome yeah all right so let's say it's 1995 so which song from your album would be highest on the billboard charts in 1995 wow Whew. um you know maybe wait and fade i think that one has a little bit of early foo fighters feel to it yeah um, it can go in either direction you know i don't think anyone can really categorize it except that it's a really good rock song and yeah. it doesn't fight to be in any kind of category and i think that's what you know early foo fighters kind of had that going on although it was very reminiscent of nirvana but yeah. Grohl took it to another level and kind of he didn't water it down. we didn't water down nirvana but he kind of um implemented a more universal thread to it yeah know? i think wait and fade has that kind of americana type of just rock and roll feel to it yeah for sure uh so you mentioned the let it rain uh video so i wanted to know what kind of inspired the concept for that and how did you put that all together um, this, well, the song's about, you know, kind of not wanting to face the day and really be a part of anything. You just wake up. I'm the kind of guy that I look outside if it's sunny and stuff, I'm like, let's go. Got to go outside. Got to go. Yeah. Yeah. Seize the day. You know, let's get out there. Um, yeah. but also I wake up some days and it's sunny and I just, I'm like, not today, man, not feeling it. Not yeah. I just, I just don't want to compete with all the sun and the birds singing and the kids playing. And I just want to do nothing and not be a part of it. So I'm going to skip today. So, yeah. you know, it's one of those times in life when you're just a little bit crazy and, you know, you need a little time away. So yeah. the concept of the video was really just kind of me going a little bit crazy in my, in, in a house all alone yeah. and just kind of going, you know, nuts, you know, yeah. you don't want to go out, but going crazy in here but I'm better off in here on this day, particularly. So that's really where the concept of the video came from. Okay, cool. Um, so you're now playing with Fozzie. So how did you get involved with that project? Uh, well, Chris and I have been friends for a really long time and um, we started an 80s Bruce Kulick era Kiss tribute band called Quarantine okay. um, that we've been working on a lot th uh, this past year. And yeah. then they had some touring to do over the summer last year 
and their bass player didn't want a tour. He just, he was like, I'm not going anywhere until this situation's worked out pandemic wise. And, um, you know, they had commitments and they had some stuff to do and still wanted to do. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a get up and go kind of guy. I'm just, I'm ready to rock. I have all the respect in the world and, uh, for the, for the virus and I'm smart about it. and, And, uh, with you know guidelines and everything like that but in the same respect i can't not live and i can't not do what i love to do and really the only thing i know what i know how to do so for me i saw an opportunity to get out and play and also help my friends so i'm like hell yeah hell yeah so i mean and that kind of just kind of spiraled into you know into where we're at we're at now okay so and what is coming up for that project well, new records done. Um, it's coming out on Sony this year at some point. I'm not sure when. And we have a, a tour booked for spring. It's been booked and pushed back four times. So you know, yeah, the waiting game. So we'll see how many right. people are vaccinated by then. If not, we'll push it yeah. another month or two. So um, I think we're going to be busy this year, though, for sure. You know, I mean, at least by summer. We should start to see the light at the end of the tunnel and, you know, really start working the record. Awesome. Uh, So you've worked on a lot of different projects over the years. So I wanted to know, do you feel it's necessary to be in multiple bands uh, at a time to make a living in the music industry these days? Uh, It definitely helps. You know, I miss the days of, uh, you know, growing up, being in Trickster, being, you know, having the one band. That was, there was something to be said about that. It was just, it was, um, you know, you were in your bubble, you know, hyper-focused. Yeah. You lived and breathed and, you know, everything for one band. And there's such a beauty to that. Um, just tunnel vision, you know. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, it's just, it, this scenario doesn't exist anymore because bands aren't, right. bands aren't, um, because, you know, financially sound, <laughs> you know, it, right. the, the business is broken. So nobody's yeah. really making money. So you have to kind of do a bunch of things. And luckily for me, I love to play with other people. Yeah. Uh, as much as I can. I, I, I just feel like it keeps me on my toes, always challenging myself. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all musicians are insecure myself, you know, for sure. So I'm like, yeah. somebody calls I'm like, can I do this? <laughs> I, I'm gonna. I'm sure as hell gonna try. Yeah. You know whether you know. All right, learn 15 songs in 12 hours and get on a bus or get on a plane. All right, yeah. see if I can do it. You know. Yeah. I mean, to me, that that's that's what's really keeping me alive and keeping me on my game. You know, as opposed to just playing the same 12 songs my whole life. You know, I mean, I think. Yeah. As much as I miss that, I think I have gone stir crazy if I was still just doing that yeah you know, so I'm blessed I'm blessed I get to play all different genres of music mm-hmm. um all different play with different people and I'm constantly learning so and that's a blessing I mean that's that's you know it's like a plant keep watering it yeah it I think I think that's important um and it's it's good to hear that you're still challenging yourself as a musician after being in the industry for so long yeah yeah I mean you know I'm never satisfied most you know any musician will tell you they're like well i'm I, what we say well i'm getting there 
yeah. we'll, ne we'll never sit back and just go, all right, I rule. So what do you do? <laughs> you know? Nobody yeah. Ever says that. Nobody should ever say that. If they do say that, they don't rule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so what would you say is one thing that has changed in the music industry for the better and one thing that has changed for the worse since you started? Well, definitely the internet is probably uh, the answer to both. Yeah. It's the internet, you know, I, I can make a record right now and put it up on the internet and you can find it. Yeah. By either by researching it or just by stumbling upon it. Mm -hmm. You know, so uh, the, the playing field is level now, which is great. Yeah. It's also a curse. You know, right. oversaturated, you know, the reason why bands got popular was because we were fed a certain amount of bands. Like, this is what you're listening to now. This is the top 20. This is the top 100, whatever. You know, it's like, all right, well, we'll listen to that now. Yeah. And, and you didn't just go and search music, really. Yeah. I mean, if you were thumbing through LPs, you would find something. But it ended there. You know, yeah. I, could sit, I can go into a YouTube rabbit hole until next Friday. <laughs> You know, yeah. just, I mean, a lot of bad music, but a lot of amazing music. Yeah, so that's definitely the thing. That's a deal breaker on both sides, really. Yeah. And I would say um, to go along with that, that because like basically anyone can make a record from home now and put it out. Yeah. Um, like there's so much more music out there. So it makes it harder for the, the musicians who are like really good to actually like make a name for themselves. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. And, and, you know, the fact that we have to sell our music ourselves, essentially, yeah, you know, promote it ourselves, you know, you know, guys from my generation, we're not really used to that. You know, we're yeah. used to being the artist, you know, again, we make the records, we write songs and make the records, you know, and then get somebody to sell it, promote it. You yeah. Know, now we're, you know, being the musicians, we're kind of like, all right, now I got to promote and annoy everyone's social media feeds with trying to sell you my record. It's like, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. My records. yeah. <laughs> For sure. And I think my generation um, doesn't really care to find new music. If that makes sense. Like most people just like want to hear the pop what's popular. Whereas yeah. like, I'm the kind of person, like, I'm constantly looking at new bands, especially over the past year, because I have nothing better to do with myself. <laughs> right, right. So I'm, just, I'm constantly trying to find new bands. And that's that's part of the reason why I started doing interviews, was to help new bands, like, show people their music. You know what I mean? Yeah. Spread the word. It's great. You're doing Definitely. God's work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so... As we mentioned, you've been in a ton of projects. So what is one project you would still like to make reality? Um, it's funny because I also play in a band called Ra. Mm -hmm. And everything is sort of bubbling at the same time now because I have a new Ra record coming out in March. Mm -hmm. um, and the Fozzy record is coming out. I you know just put my record out. Um, yeah. Really, the only thing that hasn't put anything out you know steve and i haven't put anything out together you know in a while so i mean aside from that everything's kind of bubbling at the same time um so i think i got a full plate at this point <laughs> yeah. uh, i'm doing i am doing some writing with some other friends and stuff and mm -hmm. um for other projects but i think i got enough going on right now <laughs> yeah yeah 
It's going to be uh, an interesting year. Definitely. Uh, so last year was a chaotic year. <laughs> so uh, what is one of your biggest goals to accomplish in 2021? Um, do all the things that I didn't get to do last year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, get out and play. I want to get out and play shows and, you know, bring all this new music to the people and, you know, get, you know, play for them and get their reaction and, you know, connect. Yeah. That's, that's what we do. Definitely. Uh, so what is your biggest piece of advice for someone getting into the music industry now? Um, ask yourself the question, is this really what you want to do for one? Um, because I've been saying over the last couple of years, stay into music, stay out of the business of music. (laughs) There really isn't isn't one. Um, but really kind of gauge what you want to get out of the business, the music business, um, and gauge your level of commitment really don't go in don't go into it blind you know say if you're a musician you're a songwriter and you just write all the time and you're like excuse me i i gotta get these songs out this is all i want to do then by all means be prepared to um do nothing but try to build followers and likes and you know build your story and commit everything to it there's no time for anything else. Never, there never was even back in the day, but now it's so much harder. It's yeah. grim. And um, so if you're just like looking at it to try to, you know, maybe hit the lottery and go viral with a, with a video or something like that, you know, lots of luck to you, but um, yeah, it's unlikely, but you never know. Uh, so really just kind yeah. of decide how, what you want to get out of it. Yeah. I would say it was probably, if I had to guess, I mean, obviously I wasn't around back, back then, but I would say it was probably, I don't know. I'm trying to think of exactly how I want to word this, but I think it was probably just as hard back in the day, but then again, maybe not because of MTV. Because I feel like, I feel like back in the day, if you got on MTV, you were like set. You know what I mean? Well, that was the thing. I, I was kind of saying before, it's like the hard part was getting the record deal. Now, you could get yeah. a record deal, you know, but once you got a record deal, it was like, OK, boom, here's your check. Here's your fat paycheck, uh, your, you know, your advance. And uh, once you're done with the record, we have a tour bus waiting for you to take you out yeah. on tour. And, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll submit you to MTV. And you just have to, you know, get approved by MTV and then boom, you're a TV star too. It's like, yeah. there was a process there that if you got through a couple of those gates, you were golden. Like yeah. We were, ble- we were blessed, you know, um, now there are th- those gates are vacant. There ain't nobody waiting there to help you catapult you to the next level. You got to do it all yourself. And yeah. you got a lot of people fighting to do the exact same thing. There's yeah. no big machine, you know, you just can't jump on the the treadmill there and have have it take you off. You know, it's yeah, doesn't exist anymore. Definitely. Uh so you've mentioned a couple of things that are in the works for you. So here's your shot to go through everything that's 
uh, upcoming for you? Upcoming, right? Well, I'm going to try to get another single off my record out before the end of March. Um, also going to have another single from Ra coming out, I think, um, in a couple of weeks. And okay. the new Ra record comes out March 16th. Again, the Fozzy record, it's not on the schedule yet. I haven't gotten a date yet, but um, it's done. So okay. it's going to come out. I would say before summer. Um, and I'll probably be doing some shows. I play with Eric Martin from Mr. Big. Um, Steve and I and a, a drummer, Joey Casada. Yeah. It's a full band we play. And Eric and I do some acoustic shows together. So I'll be doing that again this year. Uh, hopefully do some solo shows, touring with Ra, touring with Fozzie and... Uh, you know, I don't know. I'm pretty well rested. 2020 allowed me to catch up on some sleep. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I'm ready to go back to my, you know, four or five hours a day sleep and, you know, traveling like a maniac and, you know, yeah. get back to my usual schedule. So yeah. I want to see a lot of that, you know, I want to see a lot of flights booked or, you know, bags packed at least. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so we ended a little early, actually. Is there anything else you'd like to include? We covered a lot of groundwork pretty quick. It was, yeah. it was impressive. And that, that's a tribute to you because uh, you had all your information. <laughs> so yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. You know, every once in a while, <laughs> we'll get around to go, oh, wait, I forgot about this. Oh, I forgot about that. And um, so it was a well-structured interview. So we covered it all. So bravo. But yeah, I mean, I think we covered all the grounds and, um, but I'm sure the next time we speak, I'll have another band to talk about or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you can check, you know, go check me out on, on the old YouTube I mean, my YouTube channel and, or at PJ Farley on Instagram, uh, PJ Farley music on Facebook, uh, my website, pjfarley.net. Um, you know, go follow Ra, Fozzie. Um, trickster yeah and if I'm leaving anybody out I don't know <laughs> um, google me and you'll find out yeah <laughs> so yeah I mean I think that's about it awesome thank you for I appreciate, coming I appreciate you talking and, and listening and giving me the platform and keep it up absolutely thank we're you we're musicians we like we like to talk about ourselves so <laughs> we should have no problem getting people to talk yeah for sure <laughs> especially if we got something to promote Definitely. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of the Rockin' Interviews podcast. I hope you enjoyed and tune in next week for the next episode.